Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Hello. I love Christmas. And it's only developed in the last few years that I've started to love Christmas. I'm not sure if it was because of the release of Elf or not, but I love Christmas movies and they really set the tone for me. So every year our family goes through our list of Christmas movies. We watch Home Alone and we watch Elf. We watch Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, because it's good, but we never watch Home Alone 3 because it's really lame. If you've ever seen it, just shut it off. It's not that great. We watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve. I've never seen It's a White Christmas or White Christmas or whatever that is, and I was being judged by people in our last city group for that, which is fine. Um, But uh, in these movies, there's this theme that I noticed this year as I watched through all these movies. And the theme is that uh, the spirit of Christmas, if we would just have the spirit of Christmas, uh, it's amazing what would happen. Um, Santa could fly if we had the spirit of Christmas. Uh, the children in the world, all of them would get presents. Uh, there would be uh, Santa and his elves would be able to create what they need to create. Um, Grinch's hearts would swell from small to huge inside of, their, inside of their body, and they would suddenly be able to love the, um, the little people. What are they called? Anybody remember? The Who's of Whoville. And, um, and so uh, all of these movies point to this Christmas spirit, this belief that if, if we just have more Christmas spirit, then um, things will be right in the world. If we had more Christmas spirit... Um, I've watched a lot of Hallmark, too, and these kind of rom-coms. I don't know if you guys are into that, the holiday ones. Um, I, I like them, but I sit there and I watch them, and I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. But it's always like, oh, we just need Christmas spirit, and then you'll find the true one, and you'll get married, and you'll get the right presents, and you'll have all the – you guys know what I'm talking about? And you just get done, and you're like, wow, everything's right in the world now. And, uh, and it's pretty great. Like, if when you're thinking about Christmas spirit that way, you'll, you'll fall in love, you'll, you'll find the one, you'll – Uh, help Santa, you'll make Christmas go right, the bad guys will go to jail, and uh, your family will appear on Christmas Day because that's just what happens when you have the spirit of Christmas. Yeah? The spirit of Christmas defined by society in this way is apparently a really big deal. Okay? And so I want to talk a little bit about the spirit of Christmas. Uh, And so uh, all the things that these movies try to define as the spirit of Christmas, all the deeper things that they strive to convey, love and joy and peace and generosity and goodwill, can only be defined right if we look at Christ and let him show what the true spirit of Christmas is. A spirit of Christmas without Christ at the center can never give all those things that those movies are really proclaiming. It's, a, it's this false advertisement. It's if you believe in belief, then everything in the world will be solved. That's what society says in these movies. But when we look at what the Christian message is, what the true spirit of Christmas is, it changes everything. So what is the spirit of Christmas as defined by Christ? We're going to look at three ways that Christ defines for us the true spirit of Christmas. The true spirit of Christmas was to reveal what God is like to us. And the true spirit of Christmas was to make us sons instead of slaves. And the true spirit of Christmas was to show us the way to live. All right? So those three points. Let me pray, and then uh, we'll get into the text. Father, we love you. God, we're grateful for Christmas. We're grateful for 
um, the, the sense and the feeling of goodwill, of uh, the longing for peace, of hope and joy, these things that we're all striving to see take place. God, we're grateful for you, Jesus, coming down and being born, being born the way you were. And we pray that as we think about Christmas tonight, that we would just refocus our mind to the true spirit of Christmas, that it might be something that drives us past Christmas, that it wouldn't just be goodwill and, um, and joy for a month and peace, but that, or for a day on Christmas Day, but that it might be something that actually motivates and moves our hearts, that we might have the true spirit of Christmas, and in that, we would, we would reflect that out into the world. Pray, Lord, that you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not going to take very long. I just want to go through these three points. So the true spirit of Christmas was to reveal what God was like to us. You know, so uh, we just heard Maffey talk about how Christ was born, how um, God decided. Look, it's kind of a crazy thing that God decided to come down the way he did. I mean, uh, the questions that surround my mind when I think about Christmas are things like, why? Why this way? Why did it have to be uh, to this young girl in a manger in Bethlehem, homeless, where the animals are? Why did it have to go this way and not some other way? Why couldn't it have been in a palace? Why couldn't it have been Jesus born to these wealthy parents? Why couldn't it have been in a hospital? Why couldn't it have been? And, and so what we find in the Christmas story is that actually God's trying to communicate something to us by the methodology that he's using for coming into the world, that he wants to communicate what he's like through, through this very act. And so here's what the scriptures say, John 1 through 4. I'm going to read off the screen because I have an ESV Bible, and it'll confuse with the NIV UK version, which I think just means the color is spelled different. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. This is from uh, John, the Gospel of John, and uh, chapter 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Now, you're going to find out later on in the chapter that the Word is... Jesus, that that's what John is talking about here. The logos, the word, uh, is going to be Jesus. And so it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. That means that he existed forever, that he was part of the Godhead. He was, he was God. He was part of the Trinity. Um, he was with God in the beginning. He was there when everything was created. It says, through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. So he was there in the beginning. Nothing was made without him. In him was life. That is to say that Jesus was the one who animated the dirt that God made man out of. That he breathed life into man, and he brought life into the world. That it existed because of him. And he was the life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And it goes on the next verse to say that this light shined into the darkness. Jesus was the revelation of God. He is the revelation of God. We read in other texts that he's the exact impression of God. When we look at Christ, we see God demonstrated. And so this is Christ. And then the scriptures tell us in the next verse further down, 14, says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, literally set up his tent among us. 
We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so we see that the true spirit of Christmas was to reveal what God was like to us, that he was God manifest in these ways, the ways I just described, but that he was born as a baby to show us that he was not aloof, that he was a God who would enter into the fray with us, who would come down into our pain, who would feel what it was like to have a rash, to have skin knees, to be raised in this world where we suffer and we struggle and there's disease and there's pain and when there's temptation. He experienced, he experienced those things. This God is so powerful and so big and he could have just said, you know what, it's done and it's done. His word makes things, creates things. But because of how God wanted to reveal himself, he chose this way. And so the true spirit of Christmas the way that Jesus came down reveals what God is like to us. The second point is this. The true spirit of Christmas was to show us, um, was to make us sons instead of slaves. Galatians says this. It says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Okay, I'll explain that in a second, but here's something really crazy this is crazy. If the spirit of Christmas that society proclaims to us has legalism, has a legalism to it that if you do good, you will get good. If you do good things, you know, somebody's watching you and he'll give you good things. But if you do bad things, then you get coal. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? And morality and serving a, a rosy red dude who watches you all the time will get you the presence that you really want. That's what society tells us. But God has a different message than this. He sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law and make them sons. In, in other words, there's a better gift for us in believing in Christ, not in striving after uh, being good, but realizing the true spirit of Christmas is that Christ was good for us. The spirit of Christmas is to redeem us from performance and instead welcome us as sons. There's no more need to perform. It doesn't, you don't get presents based on how good or bad you are. That's good news. I'd rather much, I'd much rather have that personally because if my presents are based on my goodness, I'm in big trouble. Huh? It's just me. Y'all are good people and deserve your presence. I, I'm not. I'm like, man, maybe the day before I can, I can pull off a little bit of goodness, but and so the true spirit of Christmas reveals that, that uh, we, are, we are sons instead of slaves. Those that are still striving to earn, earn God's affection, earn gifts, earn these things. Man, what a, what a horrible thing because you're never going to attain everything that you think you can or want. But in Christ, when he makes us sons, we attain everything. We become heirs, co-heirs, joint heirs with Christ. It's the true spirit of Christmas. The true spirit of Christmas was to show us the way to live. So there was once this man, and he was uh, finishing up his day of work. And he worked as a, in the markets, and he had gone away to this other town, and he set up his booth, and he sold his wares all day. And he got done, and it was getting late, and he knew that he shouldn't stay later than what it was. But he decided that it would be 
okay to just stay and do one more sale. And so you know how it is. He, he did the sale, and, and he, uh, he's sitting there thinking to himself, well, you know, the sun's going down, and I know going home might be dangerous, but I want to get home and see my family. And so he packed up his gear, and he um, got his donkey, and he headed out. And he was going to go through this space where robbers were known to be. But he thought, if, he thought it was early enough that he'd still be okay, and if he was just aware, he could just make it through. And so he set off through this canyon, and as he's going through the canyon, uh, there turns out to be a group of robbers who come, and they mug him. And they, they take everything from him, and they beat him up, and they leave him half dead, and he's laying there um, with wounds and bruises, and, and he's suffering and can barely breathe and they take his wares and they take his donkey and they take his clothes even and they leave him in the ditch to die there and the man's laying there and he's really gasping for breath and he's he can't move the night wears on and and he's worried that he might not make it the next morning he doesn't know if he's going to make it but suddenly he hears a sound and he, he kind of looks with his one good eye that he still has open, and he looks and sees that somebody's coming their way, his way, and he, um, he sees that, oh, this is good news. This is a priest. I mean, I'm in now. I'm in. All right, good. And, and he starts to get hope, and he gives a little thanks to God in his heart, and he says, ah, oh, great, the priest, the priest will help me. And so as the priest comes along, the man cries out and says, hey, help me. Please help. And the priest sees the man, and the priest is really busy, and so he moves to the other side of the road, and he just simply walks by the man, and the man is crying out, and the man laying there feels hopeless and stranded. And he thinks, oh, surely this is, this is it for me. As he's laying there, he hears somebody else coming down the road, and he thinks, oh, maybe this person. And so he kind of looks, and he sees who it is, and, oh, good, this is, this is somebody that I, I know is from the tribe of Levi, like this is going to be a good person, surely he's going to help me, and, and so he looks, and, and the, the man comes walking down the road, and he thinks, oh, and he says a little prayer in his heart, the, the man's suffering, and he's like, oh, God, thank you so much that this person's coming, and he starts crying out, oh, please, please help me, and the Levi, he does the same thing as the priest, he crosses over to the other side of the road, and he walks on by, ignoring the cries of this man laying in the ditch. The man is very discouraged, tears um, streaming down his face, burning, and he's laying there struggling to breathe, and, and he thinks this is it. If, if the priest and the Levite can't help me, I, I guess nobody. And so he's just thinking of his family back home, and he's just kind of letting go, and suddenly he hears somebody else coming, and he looks at him, and he looks back, and he sees uh, that somebody else is coming. But it's not anybody that you'd want to be in contact with. Everybody kind of knows, you know, we don't hang out with this guy. He's, he's, he's here. But, and so, but in his desperation, the man cries out, would you please help me? And this man comes over and, and he kneels down and he begins to weep as he takes his own water and he washes off the man and he puts his own clothes around him and he picks him up and he puts him up on his own donkey and even though the man has places to go, he takes this, this broken man and he takes him to the next town and he goes to an inn. And he goes into the inn and he binds up this man's wounds and he pours oil on his wounds and he cleans him up and 
um, so that he doesn't get an infection. And, and he uh, bandages the broken bones and he, he splints everything together and he takes care of him. I mean, he has to go to business, back to work. And so he says to the owners of the inn, he says, hey, would you take this money, it's two days worth of wages, and just take care of this man. And if there's any other expenses, when I come back, I'll pay for everything. Just make sure that this man gets healthy. This is one of the stories that Jesus tells in the scriptures. It's called the Good Samaritan. And what I love about this story is it reveals the true spirit of Christmas. See, in the story, the one who represents Jesus is the Samaritan. He's the one who doesn't pass by when religion does. He's the one that stoops down and binds up the wounds. He's the one who brings healing, whose love drives him to pay the cost that it's going to take to bring true restoration and healing for this man. Jesus, born the way he was, he was driven by his passion to redeem and save humanity. And the scriptures tell us in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 that he became poor to make many rich. And this, this is the true spirit of Christmas. A Christmas spirit that's defined apart from Christ is flimsy and weak. But if we see the spirit of Christmas defined from Christ himself, then we have found something with teeth, something strong, something to bet our lives on and live out for the sake of our fellow man. There's this quote from J.R. Packer in Knowing God. It says this, it says, for the Christmas spirit is the spirit of those who, like their master, live their whole lives on the principle of making themselves poor, spending and being spent, to enrich their fellow men, giving time, trouble, care, and concern, to do good to others, and not just their own friends, in whatever way there seems to be need. This is the true Christmas spirit. The spirit of Christmas is shown by the Good Samaritan because that is what Christ did for us, so should we, we should live the same way. Last thing, I'll pray. One thing that society does get right in the spirit of Christmas idea is that it's based on one thing, belief. Are we believing be good for goodness' sake? Or are we believing in Christ who was good for our sake. And when we believe that, we will live out the true spirit of Christmas all year long. Let me pray. Father, Father God, God, the story of the Good Samaritan, the man who would not pass by, the man whose love and whose care drove him to care, to be a neighbor. God, I pray, I pray for us, Lord, that we might believe the true spirit of Christmas, that God was born as a baby, and that in believing that, in believing and knowing why, that the true spirit of Christmas, the spirit that drives us to do good and to really bring into the world all of those movies are trying to proclaim would happen that we would see real joy and real peace we'd see real hope God I'm asking that you would bless us father that you would send us out from this place that we might have the spirit of Christmas 
the true spirit of Christmas drive us, not, not just this week, not just these next couple days, but that it might be something that we reflect on and live out over this next year. We would truly be as Christ and give up ourselves so that others around us could, could know your love. That it wouldn't be a striving, but it'd be a belief that we believe that you are who you say you were, Jesus, and I believe it. We're transformed to do what you do, to love this world the way you love this world. Pray for greater love, greater passion for you and for one another. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.